You're listening to the Word of Life AG podcast. Each week, a member of our staff shares a Devo, talking through a piece of our mission, vision, and culture. This is that Devo. Let's check it out. With um, the messages that we've been doing over the weekend with our vision, mission, culture here um, in 2023, where I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about God's mission. I know we have a message coming up here in a couple weeks that I'm going to be speaking about mission, but I kind of just wanted to start it here in this staff Devo. So God's mission, we know, is people, right? So our mission is people. Understanding the mission comes from our own relationship with God and how we see him. So in our own relationship with God, we understand what our mission is. It's out of that growing in a relationship with him, understanding what he's asking of us, and um, just knowing where he, uh, what he came on earth to do. Like, what is that mission that Jesus had? And one of the things that I started thinking about is like, you know, we know this verse, right? John three sixteen, for, you know, it says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That was the mission, right? That he loved the world so much that there needed to be a, a way made so that he could continue and have this relationship with all people. And so that all people would have access to him and that they would live with him in heaven, right? That we would reside in heaven with Jesus. And then, of course, we know Matthew 28, where it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we know that our, our mission is to continue what Jesus started. We've been talking about that in church, that we are to go out and do likewise. What Jesus has taught us, we're to go out and teach other people, right? But it's our perception of Jesus. If our perception of Jesus is off, so will our mission. Have you ever met someone who understands the mission? They understand that the mission is people. However... They go about it in the wrong way, right? They go, we, I mean, we have, I mean, you can just look back at church history to know that that's true, right? That there is, you know, time after time after again where we have, you know, the, the crusades and all of these different things in which we went about it wrong. But it makes me think, why, why do we sometimes go about it the wrong way? Well, if our perception of God is inaccurate, then that is how we will also believe that we're supposed to fulfill a mission, right? If we believe in a judgmental God, we will judge others. If we believe that God is unhappy, then we will be unhappy in the way we follow and the way we lead others. If we believe that God is exclusive, then we will exclude others. And if we believe that God expects perfection, then we will look and expect perfection in other people. So if we believe these things about ourselves, and this is how God sees us, then it's no wonder that we see that in other people as well. And maybe the tactics that we use to reach people 
are because of how we believe God sees us. But God is a loving God, and therefore we're asked to love others. And as simple as that sounds, it's actually very difficult, right? Because it's much easier to judge other people. It's much easier to point out where people are going wrong. It's much easier to fall into a rut of just being unhappy. And it's much easier to exclude other people and just keep the people that feel safest near us. And when we believe that God expects us to be perfect, then we see all the imperfections in other people. But a loving God looks different, right? We see God When we see God through love, we see him differently. We see him as the kind of God who chases after the one, the Jesus who sacrificed his life for everyone, the one who removes our sins as far as the east is from the west, the Jesus who sought out the undesirables and showed them love and a place to belong, the Jesus whose mission was to draw people to himself, all people, the God who loves unconditionally, and a God who never gives up, regardless of how many times we let him down. A God who drew each and every single one of us in out of his love for us. See, our method can either draw people in or it can push people away. And the kind of love that we should strive for is the is 1 Corinthians 13, right? We hear this verse a lot of times in um, weddings and different environments, but what do those scriptures really mean, right? It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I could only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and it understood all of God's secrets and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. At Word of Life, we want to strive to have that kind of love. And in 1 Corinthians, it's talking about we can have all these gifts, right? These spiritual gifts. That's what it's talking about. You can, you can be able to speak in tongues, but if you don't have love, then it's just this noisy gong. It's something nobody's hearing what you're saying. Nobody's receiving the gift that you're trying to give. And if you could prophesy, nobody's going to hear what you're trying to prophesy if you don't have love. So we can go out, and if we're applying that to disciple-making, to continuing what Jesus started, to um, going in the mission of God, then if it's not rooted in love, it's not achieving what we hope it to achieve. It is not being heard. The message is not being heard. And so... At Word of Life, we want our messages to be rooted out of love. We want our church to be rooted in love. Our love, it should be patient. It should be kind. It shouldn't be prideful or jealous or rude. 
Our love shouldn't be selfish or demanding or irritable. Our love doesn't store up the ways in which people have wronged us, waiting for an opportunity, right? Love doesn't rejoice about injustices, but rejoices in truth. And love never gives up. It doesn't lose faith. It always hopes and always endures no matter what. Those things in of ourselves are impossible, impossible to do. Because these are the attributes, the characteristics of God. These are the things that make up the love of God. And when we understand those things about God, it makes it easier for us to be able to show others. But love isn't condoning sin, right? So there's some things that I know that come up a lot, right? If we love people and we're all about love, what about, you know, sin and all these things, these things? But it's not that we're condoning sin, but it's letting the Holy Spirit guide us to speak truth and love. It isn't that loud, noisy gong of coming in and just sweeping in with truth and saying, well, it's the truth. That isn't love. It's not a switch and bait. It's not getting people in by any means or, you know, bringing people over to your house and then being like, all right, I know we don't pray over dinner every night, but tonight we're praying over dinner. Or um, make sure the Bible is out on the coffee table or, you know, put the tracks out just in case. You know, it's not a switch and bait. It's authenticity. And it's not withholding the hope we know because we're afraid to put ourselves out there. It's not keeping ourselves reserved because we're afraid if we let people know that we have this hope, that we have a God that um, is bigger than all of our circumstances, that can do anything. If we're withholding the hope that we have because we're afraid how people are going to respond to us or we're afraid um, that people might not like us, that's not love. So here's just a couple of things that I think about when we're thinking about God's mission. There is a joy when we partner with our Father's mission. For example, Moses, my son, when he's in a good mood, likes to help me clean the house. And this was happening last night, too. I don't know. He's in a cleaning mode, and I'm taking full advantage of it right now. Um, He cleaned his older brother's room last night. For no reason, but Elijah was loving life that he didn't have to clean his own room. So, but the thing is, is that he knows that I value a clean house. He knows that it pleases me when my house is clean. And he joins me in that mission to keep the house clean because he knows that I value it. And he values his relationship with me. And he values the time that we get to spend together when we're cleaning the house. Just like Moses is my son and part of my family, we are God's sons and daughters, and we are his family, which means we are in the family business, right? We're in the family business. And what is the family business? It's gathering other people into the family. So it means that we're supposed to bring other people into the family to get get along and develop relationships with the rest of our family, right? We have to get along and develop relationships with the other people in our household. Because nobody wants to join a family that is arguing, that doesn't get along, that has division in the family. 
people want to be in a happy family. People want to see the value in a family if they're going to have the choice to join it. So we want to be a healthy family. We want to get along with each other. We want to love each other well. We want to get along with each other. We don't want to look for ways to argue and disagree. And as a side point, part of being a son or daughter, is also, it also means that we receive correction from the father and we grow in maturity, right? That we're looking to actively grow. I expect my kids next year to be further along than they were this year. And I've seen that over the last 10, you know, 12 years, watching them grow. They're not the little toddlers that they once were. They're kids, you know, big kids now. And I expect that in a few years, they're going to act like teenagers. And then in a few years, they'll act like adults. But if they're adults and still acting like children, then we really haven't seen growth. But that's just a side point. Well, John 14, it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where, where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Jesus isn't only preparing a place for each and every single one of us that is in this room or in our church or on our staff or ministry directors. He is preparing a place for every person. His desire is that everyone be brought into the family. And we should want to see as many people in the Father's house as possible. And we know the way. So we're responsible for showing people the way. We know the way is only Jesus. And the way isn't us. It's not a pastor. And it isn't the world that is out there enticing people to think that they have the answers to the way. We have the answer. And to withhold that from people, the hope to withhold it from people, means that we're not loving people the way we should. It means we're not discipling people the way we should. It means we're not fulfilling the mission the way we should. So here's just a few things. There's so many different things I, I could go on about, about how to disciple people. But here are a few things that just came to my mind. The first thing is having the right motive. Are we driven by love for someone, or is it something else? Maybe it's duty. Maybe it is I've just got locked into this is what Jesus says. Jesus says I'm supposed to go make disciples, and therefore I have to make sure I hand a tract out to everyone at Wegmans, or I have to do my part, or you know, I've got to lead people down the Romans road. You know, whatever it might be, maybe that's part of it, right? Maybe it's that we forgot why we the importance of it that by loving people is noticing that there is a world out there that is going to hell. There's a world out there that doesn't know Jesus, and that should grieve our hearts because it grieves our Father's heart. But if we're doing it because we believe that God is a God that expects us to be dutiful or to fulfill all these obligations, then that's why we'll do it. Or maybe it's to point out sin. Maybe we hate sin so much 
that we can't stand it when we see other people sin. Maybe we've forgotten that people who don't know Jesus don't really care whether they're sinning or not. And us pointing out that they're sinning isn't bringing them in. So maybe our motivation has been wrong, or maybe our tactics have been wrong, but I am certain of this, that when everything is done out of love, that people will come. People will be drawn in. The second thing is to be patient. We have to be in it for the long haul. You can't just drop people. I know that, you know, a long time ago, we used to have these big evangelistic rallies of people that you'd bring in and you'd have an evangelist come in and these people would flock to the altar and get saved. But if there's no follow-up, then those numbers don't actually really matter because over time, those numbers actually dwindle. It's easy to put your hand up on a Sunday and say yes. It's more difficult to follow through, and especially if you don't have someone there going, um, doing life with you and run, coming alongside of you. So it takes being with someone for the long haul. It means take, it takes time to develop that relationship with people. It means going out to coffee with somebody, putting up with their swearing, putting up with their secular music, putting up with all the things that you might not agree with to develop that relationship because you care about the individual. It means putting your or being available for people. It means that um, we go out of our way to be there for people. And it takes time to watch people change. And sometimes even we might just be a stop along the road for somebody. We may not be the person that actually gets to see the actual fruit of what we have done. We're just expected to be obedient and to love people well, right? So we may not actually get to see it, but sometimes we do get to see it, and that's really fun, especially if you've been with somebody for years and years and years, and you finally see them just take one small step, right? I know, like, my kids, like, watching them grow up, you see them take, you know, see them struggle with something, and they're just like, oh, I hope one day they can do this. I hope one day they can use a pair of scissors or whatever small little thing it is. And the first time you see them do it, the amount of joy that you have is, is you know, this crazy amount of joy because you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. It's the same thing. Is there's, We have to be patient. There has to be patience. If we're coming out and just telling people every area in which they need to work on, we wouldn't like that, right? If God just said, hey, this is every single area of life you need to work on right now, that would be overwhelming and discouraging. I don't know why we think that that method works with other people. But we need to have the patience and let the Holy Spirit work in people and recognizing we aren't the Holy Spirit. The third thing is, so the first thing is have the right motive. Second thing is being patient. Third thing is that we need to be driven by hope. The hope that we have will overflow and people will want it. And we have to be ready to share where our hope comes from and to teach others who Jesus is to us and how he has changed our lives. Because when we have hope and we act differently than the world, we just got out of our set apart series. When we live set apart and we have a hope that the world doesn't, people ask. People ask why, 
And then comes in forms of questions of why are you so happy all the time? Or how are you able to go through this and still have so much joy, right? Questions come up when we're just living for God the way that God would like would love for us to live. When we're living in wholeness, right? When we individually live in wholeness, it glorifies God. And other people want to know why. So have the right motive, be patient, and be driven by hope. So just a few questions for you today just to consider is, do you have, first of all, a distorted view of God? Because if you have a distorted view of God, then that's impacting you as well. It's not just impacting the mission. It's impacting you and how you see God and how you receive his love for you. So if you're if your vision of God is distorted, then we need to start there and ask God to work in our lives and Holy Spirit to work in our lives to show us who he really is and for us to be able to accept his love the way he, is, he gives it to us. Second thing is, who is that person that God has laid on your heart? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's somebody that is just difficult to get along with. Or maybe it's somebody at the PTA or, um, you know, the pickup line at school or in a sports team or whatever it might be, whoever that might be. Who is that person that God has put on your heart? And what is that first step that God is asking you to do? Maybe it's just to be praying for that person. Maybe that's the first step. And then how can you t- find time to spend? How can you find time to spend with people? Right? So how can, is there a time, maybe it's you, it's really difficult to work people into your schedule. Maybe it's even one time a month. I'm going to, this person, I'm going to ask them to come out to coffee with me and just spend time with them, getting to know them. And then what is, what is your next step? So what is that next step that you need to take? Like I said, maybe it's praying for someone. Maybe it's going out to coffee with someone. Maybe it is inviting someone to church. Maybe it's inviting someone to be a part of your small group. Maybe it's inviting someone to our next event, Carols and Coco. Maybe it's, maybe it's just inviting someone over to your house for dinner. Whatever that might look like, what is the next step that you can take in loving people well? Because if we expect it's, that it's the pastor's at a church's job to do it, we can only impact so many people. I myself can only impact so many people. And if each and every single one of us are are doing what we're meant to be doing and following the mission of God and seeing where how we can partner with God in that mission, then we will accomplish so much more. We will bring so many more people in to the family of God. So I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to finish up. God, I just thank you so much, God. God, I thank you that you sought after us, God. God, I thank you that you drew each and every single one of us to you. God, I pray that every single person that is listening to this podcast, God, I pray that they would feel energized, God, and for the mission that you've placed in front of them. God, I pray that each and every single one of us would remember what it was like before we were brought in to your family. 
and the steps and the things that took place in our life to bring us to that point. The people along the way. God, I pray that we would remember that and that that would drive us to be a step in somebody else's journey. God, I thank you that you allow us to come alongside of you and to partner in your mission. I'm certain that you could accomplish everything yourself, but that you still managed to bring us in to the family business and into the family mission. And God, I just pray that in the areas, God, where we need to love more, God, that we would stretch in those areas. God, I pray that we would actively grow in our love. We would look for maybe those areas in 1 Corinthians 13 of where maybe we're, our love is just falling short. Maybe it, our love isn't patient. Maybe we're loving until we break and our, we just are done. God, I pray that those areas, God, that we would grow in them, that we would look to be stretched in those areas. And God, I pray that at Word of Life, God, that we would see people's lives being transformed. We would see people coming home. We would see people finding the hope that you offer. They would be, that they would find the God that loves them so much. And God, that I pray that we would just look for how we can be a part of it. And I pray that as a church, we would be known for our love. In Jesus' name, amen.